Welcome to the Ideas Matter podcast, the new hub for debates and discussion hosted by the Battle of Ideas charity. I'm Alistair Donald, Secretary of the BOI charity and convener of Living Freedom, our annual residential school for under 25s. Over the weeks and months ahead, the Ideas Matter podcast will include interviews and recordings from our events uh, and feature thinkers, commentators, academics and experts reflecting on many of the big issues of our time. Here, we present a conversation between journalist Ella Whelan and the author and broadcaster Tamanda Harkness. The topic is the emergence of what Tamandra calls the personalised century. This is a taster for an issue to be explored in more detail in Tamandra's lecture at the Academy, our residential summer school which takes place on the 20th and 21st of July this year. The theme of the school this year is the culture wars, then and now, and over the course of a weekend, lecturers will explore the emergence and evolution of the culture wars, including what they are, where they come from, why does culture become politicised, and how to deal with the contemporary problem of warring identities. The Academy brings together people of all ages and backgrounds. If you'd like to join us on the 20th and 21st of July for a weekend of stimulating debate in a beautiful location, head to our website at theboi.co.uk or click the link under this podcast to book your tickets. Now over to Ella and Tamandra. So Tamandra, at the Academy this year you're doing a session called The Personalised Sentry. Uh, which sounds very interesting. What is it going to be about? This is me bringing out what I hope will be the next book I write. So it's really me trying out uh, my ideas and I really hope that they'll be worth listening to but also that people will pitch in and say, oh, that's interesting, have you thought of this? Or even, no, you're completely wrong about that. So I'm kind of braced for uh, lots of really rigorous feedback. The But the basic idea is that very, very broadly, the 20th century was the mass century and society worked in terms of people being masses and then we had mass production, the mass media, politics was mass politics. But the 21st century is the personalised century in that we have technology that personalises everything for us. So, you know, instead of carrying around a map and a railway timetable we have a little blue dot on our phone that tells us how to get from where we are to where we want to be, regardless of everybody else. And this is a really pervasive theme throughout society. And the reason I wanted to write about it is because I've written a lot about tech and society before. My my first book was on big data. And so I was thinking about what directions technology is going in. And then I just started to zoom out and go, well, okay, fine, the technology does this, but why? What makes us keep going back to it? What makes us like the idea of you know, filling in quizzes like which 18th century philosopher are you, uh, which Disney villain are you, and generally interacting with technology in this way that we kind of feel is a bit creepy, but at the same time we really like it. So it's an attempt to look at what are the really big historical trends that have brought us here? And also, you know, should we worry about it? Because it feels really nice. You know, it feels like we're each the centre of our own universe. But I, I am more and more disquieted by the implications. And do you think that kind of, well, that sort of solipsistic outlook, which which isn't, you know, technically new, it's been there in the past but it's been I guess magnified by 
tech and by mobile phones you know this little device that keeps you sort of isolated and individuated is it is it just the fact that movements in technology have meant that this has become more exacerbated or is there a social trend reason why we're becoming uh, ultra personalized to the point of becoming sort of isolated well i think it's a convergence of both i think the technology can do it uh, which is obviously what makes it possible. And the fact that even just our basic social interactions now very often happen through digital technology. So even when we text each other or email each other, our basic social interactions, we are giving out data about ourselves, which which is collected. So the technology lets it happen. But I also think it's about a couple of social trends, really. I mean, one is... One is purely economics, that we have more than we've ever had in our lives before, and so we have material choice. We we don't have to just buy what we absolutely need to survive. We have disposable incomes. We can buy things that express our personalities instead of just what we absolutely need. And we, we also, because we're so materially wealthy relative to our ancestors, we have choices about things like where do we live, what jobs do we do, and then... Socially, we're more liberal, so we have choices about, you know, we don't just have to leave home, marry somebody of the opposite sex, have some children, do the jobs that our parents did. You know, we can have relationships with whoever we want, we can define our own gender, we can move away from our families, we can study what we like, we can do what we like in terms of jobs, certainly relative to our grandparents. So there really is a lot of choice, and in that sense there is room for each of us to get a kind of personalised menu uh, from which to choose. But I think really there's this very strong trend of identity becoming the way that we understand the world around us. So we look at the world through the prism of what, how it reflects on us and, and what it says about us. I mean, there's a really crude example, which is I was working in South America. I was really lucky I got to go to Rio and got off a cable car with the most amazing views over the bay. And pretty much everybody got off the cable car and turned their back on the view and took a selfie of themselves with the view as a backdrop. And I thought, this is just like a metaphor for our times that we see the world as a backdrop for ourselves. I mean, obviously, that's that's kind of crude. And I understand that it's also a way of sharing your experience with your friends because you, you post it socially and you say, hey, look, you know, this is what I'm doing. What are you doing? But it does seem to me that we are more and more inclined to see everything about us. I mean, I mean everything around us and the world around us through the prism of our own identity. And therefore, the technology, in a sense, is just feeding us exactly what we're looking for. Because the technology is saying here, everything is just personalised for you because you're really special and unique and you you can't have just the same as everybody else has because that wouldn't reflect how unique and special you are. Mm. And I, mean, I spend a lot of my time um, criticising the panics around tech and in this sense in terms of, you know, the, the whole worry about especially a younger generation's relationship to their phones and social media and the pressure that that kind of individualized personalized world puts on young people so for example you know the kind of the personal branding that goes into creating a social media profile um but actually though you can criticize the panic do you think there is a genuine 
worrying trend and by that I mean do we need to do something about the fact that especially a younger generation is as you say more likely to ignore the world around them and take a selfie or uh, feel put a huge amount of value and perhaps too much value on their own sense of self in a way that sort of stops them from interacting with wider society. I do worry about it but I think it's a mistake to point the finger at the technology partly because I think yeah, there's always a reason why one form of technology is there and not another form. Uh, and the reason is a mixture of, I think, social and political and psychological. But also, I think, the more we look at the technology and say, oh, isn't this awful? The technology is manipulating us. We are we are helpless to resist its charms. We're being gamed by people using behavioural science to press our buttons, to make us press their buttons. The more we think like that, the more we are genuinely treating ourselves as if we were little pigeons in a Skinner box or little machines with an input and output setting. Uh, and I don't think we are like that. I think the the kind of the, the algorithms and the way that the way the technology is set up to offer us options and then respond to us and then get us to respond to the options again treats us as if we are just mechanistic re- responding to stimulus like a very primitive animal but i don't i don't think we are like that so i i think there's a kind of a danger that we make ourselves more helpless by seeing ourselves as helpless if mm. that makes mm. sense and then i don't want you to give too much away because people should buy tickets and come and attend your session at the academy uh, which is happening in the next few weeks on the 20th and 21st of july but perhaps we could end by just the last bit of the blurb, the promotional blurb for this session says that we are perhaps moving to a world from which the person is disappearing. And I wondered whether you were trying to say something about and whether we can expect to discuss the nature of agency in relation to this and, you know, becoming, you know, at what point do you, does the choice to uh, personalise your world stop becoming a choice and start becoming a kind of a driver? Like how, you know, social pressure pressure on social media all these discussions where does agency fit into the personalized century I think that's exactly it and I mean in one way the personalized century is is a con is a misnomer because in fact the last thing there's room for in it is a person in the sense of a human being who has their own independent thoughts and who finds out who they are by acting and deciding and actually doing something in the real world and finding out what the consequences are and living with them. I think, you know, you could more accurately call it the micro-segmented century in that we're all treated like just a tiny segment of the population with things being targeted at us. And and the person that's in the middle of there isn't really a person. It's more of a digital profile that's built up in various people's computer databases. Uh so I, I mean I do think it's a I think it's a worry, but at the same time, you look at how how willful and awkward people are. I, I do have hope that we're not all just giving up and becoming the the passive respondents to whatever our algorithms tell us to do. Uh, I, I think there's plenty of hope for the human race yet. Could I could I just say I'm really looking forward to the academy. I've been to several of them before, and I always find them so stimulating. And in fact. Anyone who's been to one of the academies before may well spot points where I've been inspired by previous lecturers and the discussions, not only 
in the sessions, but also the the late night arguments about huge ideas in the bar. It's it reminds me of the very best bits of being at university, where you you don't want to go to sleep because there's too many ideas to be argued over. Thanks to Ella Whelan and Samandra Harkness. A reminder that if you would like to hear and discuss more about the culture wars, then we'd love to see you at the Academy Summer School on the 20th and 21st of July. You can find details and buy your tickets either through the website, theboi.co.uk, or by clicking the link under this podcast. Finally, we'll have more from the Academy 2019 on this Ideas Matter podcast in the months ahead. To make sure that you don't miss out, then don't forget to subscribe to the podcast via your favourite app. Thanks for listening. Thank you.